The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers by now, you know you're always in the right place. This is our first show of the new year that is a, I'll call it a regular topic, because we spent the first couple weeks doing our prediction special for 2017. And I hope you all had a chance to listen. There, You can collect the whole set. There were five weeks of predictions. So let's talk about what's going on today. The buzz on the street, well, a little bit to do with the new year, too. I'm going to quote T.S. Eliot, for last year's words belong to last year's language, and next year's words await another voice. So here we are in the next year. Okay. So 2017 is bringing small business owners all over the world, men, women, anything in the small business realm, even small to mid-size, bringing you all the opportunity to start with a clean slate. Think about that. When we talk about clean slate, when we are born, we talk about, I think it's a Latin term, tabula rasa, meaning the the tablet is erased. There's nothing on it. But you may have made some mistakes in the last year, things you don't want to talk about, you don't want to think about. Well, now's your chance to resolve to do better. This is where resolutions can be a very powerful force in your business. So we might look at this from a different perspective and say it's time to pull on your big girl and big boy pants and face those ugly issues you literally swept under the rug. Maybe you did last year and the year before and the year. How far back do you want to look in those dark corners? Well, we have our panel of three legal experts. We're so thrilled to have them back. This is their fifth time. They are inviting small business owners of all kinds to bravely look in the dark corners you'd prefer to avoid. Why do we want you to do that? By shining the light with our help today, you will build a stronger and more prosperous business in 2017. Let me tell you who our panelists are, and then we will get started with their opening quotes. First up, welcoming back Nina Kaufman Esquire. She's an SBA Women in Business champion and Entrepreneur.com legal expert. Forbes magazine calls Nina one of the 25 most influential women tweeting about entrepreneurship. Wow. Joining Nina Nina on the panel is Nancy L. Schick, Esquire, attorney, arbitrator, mediator, and conflict resolution coach. They're all based in New York City, by the way. Nancy is the founder of the law studio of Nancy L. Schick, where she and her team of employees, vendors, and strategic partners create resolutions using a holistic, integrative approach. We'll find out more about Nancy in a moment. And then joining, rounding out the panel, our awesome threesome, Renee L. Duff, Esquire. She has a private practice under her own name, catering to small business 
businesses, entrepreneurs, and other creative individuals with intellectual property assets as the main focus of their business. Renee has been an intellectual property attorney for 17 years. I think we need to update that, Renee, and has been involved in the business side of intellectual property for over 25 years. My, how the time flies. So welcome to our panel. They're all based in New York, as I said. Let's get started. Nina Kaufman has sent us a quote from Beverly Sills, who lived from 1929 to 2007, an American operatic soprano whose peak career was between the 1950s and 70s. And just let me give a little background here. After retiring from singing in 1980, Beverly Sills became the general manager of the New York City Opera. In 1994, she became chairwoman of Lincoln Center and in 2002 of the Metropolitan Opera. Oh, my goodness. What a lady. Here's the quote. And Beverly Sills knew very well. There are no shortcuts to any place worth going. Nina Kaufman, Happy New Year and welcome back. How have you been? I've been great, Bonnie. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So pleased I said to you and the ladies, come back, let's do more legal lessons. And you said, sure, let's have a New Year's theme. So let's talk first about Beverly Sills. Uh, Did you ever attend any operas in New York where she was doing her coloratura thing? No, I was a little young while she was still doing her, uh, her, her singing, but I did get a chance to see her on television occasionally, yes. and, and obviously being in New York City, knew about her work with Lincoln Center. Yes, so tell me something. You picked such a great quote from her, there are no shortcuts to any place worth going. How does that apply to our topic today, legal, looking back, getting rid of the clutter, the legal clutter in a small business, Nina? Well, I think one of the things that, that often business owners deal with is they, they want to get there quickly. There's so much on their plates that they just want to be able to cross stuff off their list, tick it off, boom, 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 boom. And some of these things, especially when it comes to the legal issues, it doesn't work that way. They're, they're not so easily resolved. Or if you're trying to do it and deal with it quickly, like, oh, I don't know, drafting your own contracts or pulling stuff off the Internet without actually talking to your own advisors to see, hmm, does it make sense for my business? What you may think is a shortcut could actually take you longer because you've made a mistake in there. So mm. if you're thinking, you know, when, when you think about, um, you know, I don't have the money to invest in, let's say, whether it's legal services, the right marketing, bookkeeping, whatever it is, and yet I have a million, nay, a billion dollar idea, isn't that worth something? So the idea of, of doing it quick, getting it quick, and Spending three cents to get there is really unrealistic. So what would we say? Uh, there, there are probably a lot of proverbs from uh, Benjamin Franklin or, or whatever we call them, bon mot, words of wisdom about uh, stitch in time saves nine and all those good things. You, right, you really can't and, and also it's the journey, not the destination. <clears throat> that just getting to the end result doesn't always season you as a business owner. So to realize that some of these things may take longer than you expect but you're going to be wiser and a more powerful business owner as a result. Thank you very much. Great words of wisdom. A lot more coming from Nina Kaufman. And we're going to move on now to Nancy Elshek. And Nancy sent us a quote from Anne Frank. Anne Frank, full name was Annalise Marie Frank, 1929 to, they're not sure if she passed in 1945 or 44. She was a German-born diarist and writer, one of the most discussed Jewish victims of the Holocaust. She gained fame posthumously after she passed away following the publication of her diary, The Diary of a Young Girl, and it was originally called The Secret Annex, which documents her life in hiding from 1942-44 during the World War II German occupation of the Netherlands. This is one of the most widely known books 
books in the world, and it's been the basis for several plays and films. Here is the quote from Anne Frank, Six Little Words Pack a Punch. A quiet conscience makes one strong. Nancy Schick, welcome. How are you, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Bonnie. I'm good, and uh, I'm assuming you're going to ask me why I chose this quote. Of course I will. Tell me now. We don't, I don't think we've, God, in over a thousand guests on all of our Game Changer shows, I don't know if anybody before has quoted Anne Frank. So why did you pick this quote, Nancy Elshick? Well, there are, there are a variety of reasons. I don't think any um, little girl in America um, goes, goes through life without being impacted by Anne Frank. Um, she's definitely influenced me since I was at least 12 when I first read the diary. And I'm probably a little in that space because I'm going to Germany in two weeks. Oh. So I'm definitely thinking about her and her life and what it is to take charge of your own life no matter what your circumstances are. And obviously we're talking about that in a much different context in her diary. But, but taking it to what we're doing today on this, on this show is really looking at, at where we as business owners try to cover up the things that we think will just kind of work themselves out and they don't. So it's really about, I think, you know, what we're trying to do here today is get people to think about taking control of their own lives and, and not just deferring to what might happen because it might not be good. Would you say don't cover up the messes or the mistakes, referencing back to some of my opening comments, Nancy? Is it, could, it, could it be stated that That simply? is exactly what I'm saying. Oh, okay. That's what I want to tweet. Take charge of your life. Don't cover up messes. Okay. Very interesting. Thank you. You know, I just finished uh, binge-watching Mad Men on Netflix. I had never seen the series, and somebody mentioned it, and I just finished seven seasons in about... <laughs> I hate to say about eight weeks. It was it was a lot of binging and thinking of covering up your messes and how they just kept coming back, especially Don Draper coming back and back and back. And you never know when something will just trip a little a little tripwire in your brain. You'll want to say something and think, who knows, my secrets or my mistakes or my legal issues. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Nancy, and welcome back. And let's get our third panelist on the air now. It's, she is Renee Elduff, Esquire. Interestingly enough, all three ladies have L is their middle initial. I have no idea how that happened, but I find that very, very interesting. Renee has sent me a quote from Mark Twain. This is a, a lot of words, but they pack a punch. Here's what he said. The secret of getting ahead is getting started. The secret of getting started is breaking your complex, overwhelming tasks into small, manageable tasks and then starting on that first one. Words of wisdom. Renee Duff, welcome back. Happy New Year to you, too. Happy New Year, Bonnie. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Tell me about this quote. Certainly has a, a lot of good information in there. What do you think? Well, it's so funny because it was just so apropos for the topic, and it's just apropos for things that I'm trying to do myself, you know, because we all tend to get into that, uh, <laughs> that overwhelm of having a big, great idea and just not knowing how to actually turn it into something. And I find myself doing it, and I find myself advising other people the same exact thing. And then I was, uh, I was looking through some old papers I was decluttering just a few weeks ago, and I literally found that quote in a pile of old papers, and I said, oh, my gosh, this is so perfect for the topic and so perfect for me and the time of year and everything else. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. Very interesting. Um, I've heard that restated many times, uh, Renee. I think we all know the one. Uh, how do you How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Is that the same idea as start somewhere, start small, but damn it, just start right? 
Absolutely, because that really is the uh, the thing. Because, like I said, you know, especially entrepreneurs, we tend to have these great grandiose ideas, and if we don't sit down and figure out the path to get there and start taking actions, then it remains this great grandiose idea that sort of gnaws at you. So, um, at least this way, you're starting to eat the elephant and uh, and move on. Thank you very much. Good words of wisdom from you, Renee Duff. And let's circle back to Nina. Nina, what are you drinking today? I know you're all in New York City. I know the weather's beautiful because I'm on Long Island and I'm sharing your weather system. Thank goodness the sun is out for a change. So either tell me what's in your cup today if it's really interesting or what did you have over the holiday that was really spectacular? Nina L. Kaufman. Okay, well, today I am drinking something not so spectacular, which is Airborne. It's an immune support supplement. Because uh, I just got back from a wonderful and amazing trip to New Orleans and the Caribbean, and I burned the candle at both ends. Um, <laughs> and when you're on a cruise ship, and sometimes you're in meeting rooms and things like that, and the air circulation isn't so fabulous, well, let's just let's just say I overdid it on many many accounts. So um, I've got that blast of vitamin C in my water right now. I'm glad you have that. Do you have anything a little more picturesque over the holidays? Anything you want to tell us? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, for anyone who has ever been to New Orleans, uh, I had a hurricane, and God only knows what's in it, but it was really sweet, and you don't realize quite how much alcohol is in it. Um, But I probably got through about half of it, and all of a sudden my husband turned to me and said, you're looking a little loopy, girlfriend. (laughs) So I was relaxed. So you got to be careful about those hurricanes on Bourbon Street. That's all I'll say. Hurricane cocktail. I'm going to have to look that one up. I've heard of it. I probably would knock me out in one sip. I'd be flat on my... Hurricane punch. Here we are, Wikipedia. Hurricane is a sweet alcoholic drink made with rum, fruit juice, and syrup or grenadine, one of the more popular drinks served in New Orleans. Interestingly Mm -hmm. enough... Passion fruit colored relative of a daiquiri credited to, you know who's credited with starting it, no. Nina? New Orleans tavern owner Pat O'Brien. The bar allegedly started as a speakeasy called Mr. O'Brien's Club Tipperary, and the password was Storms Bruin. I was drinking mine on the back of a mule ride, so there we have it. There we have it. Enough picturesque. Thank you very much. <laughs> Nancy Helschick, what are you drinking today, or what was your beverage of choice over the holidays? Well, I didn't actually have a lot of opportunity to, to drink anything interesting over the holidays. So um, I'll talk about my, uh, my, my kale blazer that I'm drinking again this morning from Naked Juice. It's still one of my favorite. You know, it's, it's dark, leafy goodness, according to the bottle. And it's still one of my favorite drinks that has lots of nutrients in it. Gives me a little charge on days like today where I'm I'm running a little on empty. Oh, well, we hope that the Kale Blazer gives you the pep, and I I can hear it already working in your voice. Let's see. This is Kale Blazer Smoothie from Naked Juice. Is that the one? That is the one. Kale is king of the garden, and when it's dark, leafy greens are blended with cucumber, spinach, celery, and a pinch of ginger, you get a royal round table of yum that will help you take charge and rule the day. Long live the greens, and long live Nancy Elshick. <laughs> That's a lot, of, a, a, a lot to, of expectation to put in a bottle, but I'll take it. 
<laughs> Very well put. Thank you. Okay, and Renee, I won't ask you to top those, but what are you drinking now or whenever? What's in your cup, Renee? Uh, that is very funny. I don't know if I can, but I, I'm drinking uh, something. Well, I guess it's called Miracle Tree Moringa Lemon Tea. So it, uh, it again, claims all sorts of... Uh, of miracle goodness, but uh, I'm a big tea drinker, so I will always be trying new things. And this one, the moringa, sounded a little interesting. Uh, here we are, miracle moringa at Amazon. Uh, a ring, organic moringa superfood tea. Is that the one? That is the one. Moringa, the miracle tree. Wow, 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 wow. It's part of the Moringa Olifera trees. Okay, Pepe's fruit tree, all kinds of places on the Internet. They're telling you how to even grow these fruit trees. Miracle tree, Moringa, that's a a mouth twister, organic tea, lemon, two boxes, 25 tea bags at bestowed.com. There you go. We're not selling it, kids, so you can just look it up. Thank you. Very picturesque and colorful drinks, ladies. We are going to take a very quick break, let you take the pause that refreshes. And when we come back, we're going to get down to serious business here on our topic, legal lessons for women business owners. Of course, it's for all business owners. We're just focusing on women for the title of the show. This is part five with these three very smart attorneys, Nina L. Kaufman, Esquire, Nancy L. Schick, Esquire, Renee L. Duff, Esquire. They're all in New York City, and they've put their heads together and come up with a great topic to start off the new year, how to clear your legal clutter for the new year. As you know, every time we speak with the three of them, we always get great great sound bites, great bites you can you can chew and think about and make some difference in your business. Move forward with positive attitude, with smart legal advice. This is not legal advice, but this is just guidance on how to approach these matters in your business. So without further ado, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Michael out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. We are speaking today with our dynamite panel of Nina L. Kaufman, Esquire, Nancy L. Schick, Esquire, and Renee L. Duff, Esquire. The L's have it. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and by the way, I'm drinking just cool, clear water in the same cool, clear mug with a pink straw because, yay, the sun is shining after many, many gloomy days here in New York. We're going to kick off the roundtable. Our topic, if you're just tuning in, is how to clear your legal clutter for the new year. We always get great advice and good direction from these three very sharp 
sharp attorneys, all based in New York City. So, Nina, I'm looking at your notes, and, and this is something I think is a theme always from you, and let's relate it to how to clear the clutter. Your first topic is don't be cheap, and let me read a little background. Nina sent me the following. Yes, the covers of Fast Company magazine are splashed with photos of entrepreneurs who started with $10 and built a gazillion-dollar empire, but for most business owners, that doesn't fly. Know your numbers, know what things cost, know what you will charge. So how does that relate to our clearing the legal clutter, Nina? Well, you know, and, and as given the quote that you started with, New Year's words, a way to new voice, with many business owners, they're not clear on their numbers. And when you don't know what things cost, you don't know what you'll charge, you don't know what your profit margin is, and, and you're trying to barter everything to bootstrap your business, you don't really have a plan. So it creates clutter in a couple of ways. It creates clutter because when you don't have a proper sense of what you'll charge, you don't know what to put in your agreements, and you don't know how to negotiate it. You don't know, is there more that you can do? Is there more that you can offer, or is there more that you need to charge when you don't know your numbers? And that creates chaos through the rest of your business, because if you're not earning enough to meet all your other expenses and, please, pay yourself, Mm -hmm. then you're you're in a world of hurt. Um, The other way that it creates uh, a conflict is that if you're always worried about doing things on the cheap, you know that expression, you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if, you know, and when you try to start getting into it, I see this with women a lot, the barter arrangements, oh, I'll barter, you know, the graphic design for the legal services or the bookkeeping for something else. If you don't have a clear sense of what that value is, how do you know you're getting value in return? And then those relationships get very murky and very messy. So that's where I suggest, you know, they say New Year's words await a new voice. That's what you said starting us off, Bonnie. Have a new voice around your numbers. Have a new voice around your business. And stand firmly in what you charge. Because when you're willing to invest the money in others, you'll find that they are then willing to invest in you. Very interesting. And there are many debates on this, Nina, I believe, on, on the philosophy of if you charge more than local competitors or competitors in your field or in your level of expertise or longevity, maturity of your business, that people will say, oh, I should charge us too much. But on the other hand, if somebody's looking for a vendor, a business owner who has confidence in their value, they might say, hmm, let's check that out. Maybe it's worth the extra money. That puts you in a different plane, doesn't it, Nina? Absolutely, and it really comes down to how well are you expressing your value proposition, to use the marketing language. Um, and it may be that you're, you create extra value because you have a very particular expertise in, in a certain area or dealing with a particular client or solving a particular problem. So however it is you express it, again, that has value, but it also needs to translate into the right amount of money to enable you to run your business. Thank you. I'm going to ask the other ladies to briefly comment, agree or disagree with Nina's statement here. But Nancy, I have to tell our listeners that you were recently invited to serve as the ICERM representative to the United Nations, and you will attain your certificate in ethno-religious conflict mediation in March of 2017. Congratulations, Nancy. It sounds very important and very valuable, and I know with your specialty in mediation, you're going to be great. So Nancy, mazel tov on that. So Nancy, comments on on what Nina just shared with us. Well, well first of all, thank you, thank you for uh, for mentioning that, that Bonnie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and yes, as far as what uh, what Nina's talking about, not being cheap. I think the the, the the main thing, though, that really 
sung to me is, is the, the comment about how we look at all of these stories that are so much sexier than ours, right? <laughs> and and as, as entrepreneurs, and we, and we, we have this, this clutter in our heads that occurs from it. And I think that's where one of the things that I got out of, of what Nina said was we have to start there about clearing the, the clutter in our head and not really knowing who we are and what our value proposition is. That's where the mistakes start to occur because so many people start businesses with no real concept of who they are, what they offer, and, and what it means in the marketplace. So, you know, that's where doing that, that background work before you launch is so critical. Yet I also know that we tend to do that to fly the plane while we're fixing it. That's part of what it is to be an <laughs> entrepreneur. So it's it's kind of this constant balance between knowing that you're going to have things show up in your head that are not going to lead you in the right direction and having a structure to deal with those. And, and part of that structure is doing the background investigation, doing your market research, and constantly tweaking. And Nancy, do you agree with Nina that barter can be dangerous or a, a very difficult place to go if you don't know the value of what you're giving and what you're tra- hoping to receive in exchange? Is, is that a, a, something we need to really call attention to? Absolutely. And one of the things that I tell my clients, and I've done it myself because I've, I've done bartering as a small business and in, in need when I didn't have the cash flow. And one of the things that I tell my clients to do and I do myself now is I actually send out an invoice and we exchange invoices throughout a, a barter project so that you can see how the other party is valuing and how you're valuing yourself. And then it's ongoing conversation. You know, that's my stick. Ongoing conversation in any relationship all the time. That's how you avoid big problems. Wow, that's, it, sounds, it sounds so simple and yet probably something people wouldn't think of because when you see invoice, like, what do you mean you're charging me for that? I thought we were going to barter for this. So it sounds like you really need to have a very clear conversation around that process. Fascinating. Thank you. Renee Alduff, join us. What do you think on bartering, on being cheap or not, on understanding value and pricing properly? <laughs> well, on all of the above, um, <laughs> I do agree that you know not being cheap is is important, and especially when you take it into the context of my area of branding and intellectual property, because your brand is what defines your business. So I find a lot of people um, don't take the time to define that brand and figure out what that that is, and then even worse, they will determine that it's a good idea for them to try and file something on their own without actually having any good advice behind it because they don't Mm -hmm. want to spend the money to talk to a lawyer, but, you know, that in and of itself can cost you a great deal down the line. So it's, you know, there's the don't be cheap because you may be paying three or four times that amount that you would have invested initially later on if you have to change your brand and you have all of these other things going on. So, um, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly and the, um, the whole uh, barter side of things, too. I mean, again, I, we, we all do it, and we've all done it when we started our business. We just were, didn't have the cash, or we didn't have um, the ability to get what we needed, so we thought it was a good idea. And it may be okay, but once you really figure out, as Nancy was saying and as Nina was saying, the the benefits usually do not outweigh the, the detriments of, of doing that. So it's I, I'm not a big fan of bartering any longer. 
Ah, okay. Very interesting. Good advice. I'm going to move along because I want to get as many of these good lessons, legal lessons, out for our listeners during the course of the show. So, Nina, thanks for that great kickoff comment, uh, that topic. I think we've really gotten some good advice from all three of you. So I'm looking at Nancy's notes. And Nancy, here's something very much uh, in accordance with what I started with saying, the mistakes you may have swept under the rug last year and the year before and the year before. And by the way, Nina, thank you for that abstract you sent me that was the source of uh, the inspiration for my monologue because you hit a lot of great points there. So Nancy says, remember that notice or that task you decide to put off until later? Guess what? Later is here. Let me read one more comment, and then Nancy can expand. She says, penalties accumulate at the rate of $2,000 per 10-day period for failure, for example, to provide workers' compensation insurance for workers who were deemed to be your employees. That's probably just one example, and that's a wow. Nancy, tell us more, please. Well, well, first of all, that that is under New York state law. So those of you that are listening around the world, that may not apply, but in New York, definitely it's a... A huge issue, and you can imagine how quickly that will accumulate if you have, for example, 10 people that the state decides are not actually independent contractors and they've been working for you all year. So, you know, one of the, one of the things I see a lot, speaking of, you know, some of the, the stories that we read in magazines and, and we read on entrepreneur websites, et cetera, it always is build your business with independent contractors. And that's a great idea as long as you're structuring it with true independent contractors. And just like we've been saying throughout the, the conversation so far is when you're, when you're trying to cut corners and, and, and you're being kind of cheap about, about building your business by not getting legal advice on something that could damage, if not bankrupt your business, you're just taking risks that are, are far greater than the reward. And I've seen far too many of, of people, companies and clients that come to me after they've gotten that penalty notice. And a couple of things they do wrong there also on top of it to add insult to injury is they get the notice and because they don't know what to do with it, it goes in that, oh, I should deal with it pile, mm-hmm. which gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And as, as they're waiting to respond to that, is exactly when the penalties are accumulating, right? They don't stop just because you didn't look at the letter, because you didn't respond to it. They actually continue to accumulate. And I will get people that will come to me after years of sitting on a notice like that. Interesting. I, I made the mistake of, in December, Nancy, of not opening my mail for 10 days. I just wasn't in the mood. I, I didn't care what was in it. I just wanted to, I was working most of the holiday. I just wanted to be in the holiday spirit mentally. Well, I finally got to this huge pile of mail. There were some bills in there. I got a couple of late fees. I talked my way very nicely and politely out of them, but wow, I didn't realize that I was, and not even from a business owner perspective, just from, Put off till later. Later is now. Great advice. Thank you very much. Yes, I said corrected, and I, I had to bail out of a couple of questionable things. Okay, Renee Duff, why don't you chat briefly about putting off till later, and then we'll get Nina, and then we'll move on to one of Renee's topics. Renee? Um, on the, you know, putting things off till later um, from an intellectual property standpoint, uh can have huge consequences uh, depending on what type of intellectual property you're talking about, but... Um, particularly if you are 
uh, going to, you know, if you've invented something and you want to try and patent it, there are strict timelines that you need to comply with in the United States and around the world as to whether or not you can actually still get a patent on something. So it's one of those things um, that, you know, if you have an idea and you're putting it into practice, and especially if you're showing it to people, which is the biggest problem that, uh, that people run into, um, you know, timelines come up all the time and, you know, and it's something you should not put off until later. Things like trademarks and copyrights are a little bit different because at least when you copyright something or when you create something, a copyright attaches immediately. So there's no urgent, urgent need to file that with the copyright office. But if you do file it with the copyright office officially, then you're gaining different um, different types of remedies and uh, benefits for yourself for doing that. And trademark rights are based on use, but again, you may run into a situation where if you end up filing something, even though um, you've been using it, somebody else may have filed before you, and then you have a whole other situation that you need to, um, to deal with. So it's always a good idea to look at all of these things you know, as soon as they come into your head so that you can sort of at least have a plan and know what is urgently important and what you can sort of put off. Thank you. Good idea. Knowest what thou puttest offest and, and the penalties therefrom. Thank you very much. Nina, talk to us about this. Thoughts about putting off? Delay? Well, yes. There, there, are, so there are a couple things about putting off. First of all, if you're in a contract situation where you're providing services and uh, let's say you're not getting paid, <laughs> uh, you don't want to put off following up on that because then you continue to not get paid. And that becomes a problem. So you want to have an invoicing system in place as you're dealing with your clients. Um, and know on you know, day 14, on day 31, on day 45, what, what are you going to do if those invoices aren't paid? So that it, it doesn't become a situation where you're sticking your head in the sand, but you're actually being proactive about it. Uh, but you also raise an interesting point, Bonnie, about, you know what, as business owners, we just need time off. Mm-hmm. And we really just need a break. So if you find in your business that, you know what, I just do not want to look at the mail for two weeks, mm-hmm. you then want to think about, well, who could look at the mail for you ah, so mm-hmm. that anything that is urgent can actually be dealt with or the triage can be done um, so that you're not, it, it isn't all on your plate, but maybe you have an assistant who comes in who can help or a bookkeeper, someone, so that those kinds of things don't fall through the cracks. Um, and that's a way that, again, business owners can, you know, they don't necessarily have to deal with it immediately, but somebody else can. Thank you very much. All good thoughts, good points of view, and good information for our listeners around the world. By the way, I was uh, talk about taking stock and looking. I looked at the stats for Coffee Break with Game Changers for last year, 2016. I just got the year, full year stats, and I've been telling people that we had listeners in over a 1,000 places around the world. Was I ever off? Big time. For the live shows, we're up to about 1,500 places around the world. On demand, over 3,000 geos 
have been tracked of where our listeners are. That's that's pretty cool. So I didn't I did I needed to do my year end homework and I did it, but I should have checked sooner in the year so that I could tell everybody we are so pleased to be able to reach business people literally all over the world. So Renee and Nina and Nancy, you may be in New York, but people are listening to you, I guarantee, in places you can't even pronounce because I certainly can't. So let's move on. That's the good news. Renee Duff, let's look at your talking points here. You sent me a couple of interesting things. I'd like to talk about take stock of your creations. Do you want to go there, Renee? Would that be a good place? Sure. So let me read a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Taking stock. And, and in a sense, that's what I was just talking about for myself in Game Changers Radio. Renee says, take stock of your creations. Review what you created in the past year and see if it needs to be added to your IP intellectual property portfolio or if you need to update any, any information with the U.S. Uh, PTO is what? Patent o- patent office or what is that Patent for? and trademark office. Yeah. Patent and trademark. So, so talk to us about that. I like the fact that you're saying, what did you actually do? What did you create? Is that going to add clutter? Is that going to clear clutter? Is that going to clarify your direction and the better resolve to do better in the new year? Renee, why don't you share that with us? Um, you know, entrepreneurs, uh, when you talk to them and when you, um, <laughs> when you hear what they're doing, oftentimes, you know, there's so much intellectual property being created. And a lot of times people don't even realize or know what they've done or um, what is important and should be protected and what is just something that maybe is a one-time offering and doesn't really require any, you know, specific or formal protection. Um, filing, but by sitting down and figuring out what you have, um, I've had clients, you know, come to me and say, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea that I had so much stuff in this one particular area of my business. I can actually create a whole course around this." And then, you know, we figure out what the the name is and what to call it, and you know, and protect all of that. So by by understanding what you have, it really it it sort of goes to how I got that Mark Twain quote in the first place. You sort of, you need to do that uncluttering and that, you know, figuring out what is important and what isn't. And then you have the opportunity to say, okay, this is what I want to focus on. And these are the steps that I'm going to take. And, you know, whether it is, you know, officially or formally filing for any intellectual property protections or going into, you know, a new agreement with somebody knowing, okay, I need to, um, speak to Nina about having a contract drafted up for us because uh, somebody created something for me and now I want to formalize it so that we don't have any issues. Taking all that stock helps you to stay clear and and I find even for myself, if I'm clear about what I'm doing and where I'm going and, and what projects I have going on, um, you know, it, it just it helps you to have a clearer head about everything. So I think it's it's a good uh, it's a good thing to do all around. Thank you very much. Great advice there. I want to see you. You mentioned Nina. Nina, thoughts about taking stock of everything you've done? Well, yes, it's um, <clears throat> it's certainly a challenge for for business owners or for anyone. You know, you're, you're you're moving forward and you're doing your work, and now you have to take a step back and look at what you're doing and how you're doing it. Um, but that's part of what makes a business run. And what makes a business truly successful is when it can actually run without you, the owner, when you're able to replace yourself so you can step back a bit from the business and have it continue to, to run and, and generate revenue. 
Um, so another way of, of taking stock and looking at what you're doing is also looking at how do you do it. So if you're very successful at bringing in clients, you'll want to make a note for uh, whether you call it operations or a policies and procedures manual mm-hmm. for what is that client onboarding process so that bit by bit there are other people who can step in and take that, uh, that task off of your plate so you as the business owner are really freed up to do higher and higher level things within the business, not just operating all 12,000 pieces of it every day. Thank you very much. Nancy Schick, thoughts, please? I, I think one of the things, again, that, that, that seems to me is that you have to take the inventory but also know where to spend your time because we are creating as entrepreneurs and really just as human beings all around, we're always creating things. And not everything has a market value. Not everything is going to be something you want to push to market right away, but it's very hard when we create it and we start to see some sort of value, whether it's a a market value or a personal value to ourselves, and then we get kind of attached to it. And I think, (laughs) Renee, you can probably um, agree or disagree on this um, based on your experience, but I think sometimes people then will say, oh, this has value, and they, as they start thinking about being the next Google or being the next Spanx and being you know, world-renowned and rolling in money, and not every product is going to have that kind of success rate. So we have to choose very wisely where we spend our time. Very interesting, Nancy. It reminds me of Shark Tank so often. Of Most often, I think, with women who create clothing products, you know, there's never been a bra like this. There's never been a, a backpack like this. And they come with their creations and all of their the numbers. And, well, I sold 3,000 in the past month. Woohoo! And I did it all myself, and I'm in tears, and I have five children, and I've got two husbands and three garage, whatever they have. I don't know where they are. And and the, and the sharks look at them and say, it's not a business. It's a hobby. It's a garage business. It's a basement business. You're not a business person. You're somebody who's attached to what you've created. Is that what we're talking about, where they don't have the market sense? They think they do, but they either haven't done their homework or there just is no current market value. Is is that uh, how we would look at that, Nancy? Yes, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. And it doesn't mean that, that the products that we see that don't do well on Shark Tank, for example, don't have market value. But I think you're hitting on... on Part of what we keep saying is that you have to do that background work. You have to do the homework. I know that it looks like people are overnight successes, but I think Dave Ramsey says that too, is that after 10 years, he became an, uh, an overnight success. And <laughs> right, it's like, we don't see all the background work that's being done. We don't see the, the drudgery of every day knowing your numbers and checking your numbers. And checking your mail, right, Money and dealing yeah, right. with the conflicts that arise and dealing with them quickly, whether it be employee conflict or vendor conflict. You know, I was talking to a, a client of mine yesterday, and then the, the litany of things he was dealing with in the day, you know, would be a good thing that would occur, and he'd get, yay! And then the next, you know, in the next hour, he'd be hit with something that kind of knocked him out from under, his legs out from under him, and then he just got back up and did the next thing and had a celebration on that, and it was moving so rapidly. And we don't see all of that going on when we, when we see the success story on TV or we read it in the magazine. But that's what it takes to succeed. Thank you very much. Um, I've 
picked one or more topics from each of you. And let's see, we have a good amount of time left. We've got about nine minutes till we go to predictions. So I'm just going to now do what I usually do. I'm just going to pick a topic from each of you and have each of you just throw out some comments on it for a minute and a half or two minutes so we can cover a lot more. So Nina, I'm looking back at your notes and you say, own up to your ownership. Maybe you started your business with a friend and a handshake. Maybe you're taking it over from a family member. Maybe you're finding over time you're contributing more capital to the business than your partner. Whatever the change or shift, clean up any possible misunderstandings by having a written agreement. What's the fear of written agreements? Is there still a pervasive fear among small business owners? Nina, how do we clear the clutter on this one? Sure, absolutely. Having a written agreement is like having a a prenup when you're about to get married, especially for those who are just getting started. It's, it's, um, you know, what do you want to call it? A wet blanket, bucket of cold water, the idea mm-hmm. that you're thinking about how will this end when you're just getting started is not only counter- counterintuitive, but it's a total downer. <laughs> so yes, many that's right. Don't want to think that way, and particularly they say, "Well, we're friends. We've known each other for such a long time. It's going to be great." You assume that you're on the same page because you've known each other for so long. Here's the problem, and it's it's something that I quote from the Odd Couple: When you assume. You make a bleep of you and me. You and me, yep. <laughs> because it's those assumptions that get us into trouble. And that's really all lawyers are looking to do when they say, put it in writing, put it in writing. Because we, you don't want to take the assumptions that are in your head, the things that are unspoken, and build a business around that. That's where people run into problems. So as trained pessimists, we know where the problems are. We know it's because you didn't fully discuss what would happen when you said, hey, my lifestyle is I like to take uh, 60 days off every summer because I've got young kids and we go traveling. Well, if you don't discuss that with your business partner, you don't have that in your agreement, then it can, it can affect, well, how are profits going to be distributed? How are salaries distributed during that time? What does that mean for the running of the business? So I think that's a place where many business owners may uh, may not really be very clear. I had a mm-hmm. client who was actually taking over from his father, and the original agreement they had was so that the father could get a nice uh, residual payment mm-hmm. after he retired. But from a tax perspective, it really didn't make sense in terms of taking over the business and creating a valuation for the business. So when you're having these kinds of discussions and putting these things in writing, there are a lot of different considerations that come into play that can create problems down the line if you haven't sorted them out carefully. Thank you very much. Nina, I'm going to look at a note, some notes here from Nancy L. Schick. Nancy, your last topic you sent me is never stop learning. Let me expand that. I think it's never stop learning, searching, um, looking in those corners to see what you did and what you might need to fix. So you say, for example, con- conduct an audit of your independent contractors to ensure they pass muster with the IRS, the DOL, the WCB. I'll give one more. Uh, review contract terms with your vendors, your subcontractors, your freelancers, your suppliers, your, your clients. Sounds very broad brush. Nancy, what should they do first? Oh, it's it's never necessarily a first. Um, right? I, I think what, what typically happens is, 
you know, you, you just do what, kind of what Nina was getting at is that you just sign off on things and then you throw it in a corner and you, and you forget about it unless it becomes a problem. Well, guess what? It's going to become a problem because you just threw it in a corner and you don't know what's in it. Right? And so, so I think, you know, probably the way I would, I would say it is not necessarily first, but whatever it is that you've done first is what you work on. So say, for example, you sign a contract with a new vendor. Immediately look at the terms of that contract. If it's a one-year contract, go right into your electronic calendar and put a note on your calendar that approximately 30 days before that contract is up, take a look at it. Take a look at the relationship that you've had over the year, assuming that you've, you've continued it, and look at whether it's still working. That's one of the easiest ways to do it is just have mm-hmm. it be automatic and make it easy on yourself. That's the other thing that I think we miss out on is that there are all these tools and opportunities to make things easier on us, but we kind of have this attitude of, as a society, and we're all human, we all do this, but we kind of do something and then it's done, we check it off, and I think Nina mentioned that even earlier, and we just like to say, yay, it's done, but it's never done, especially when you've got these ongoing relationships. So I say keep that conversation going for as long as that relationship is going and possibly beyond it. Thank you very much. And I'm going to look at a topic here from Renee L. Duff. I think after this, we will go to our predictions, uh, crystal ball round. Renee, you say on top of topic of clearing clutter, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office does its own housekeeping through its maintenance filing process. What should business owners know they should do in terms of getting that clutter done? Well, one thing that I find um, and that a lot of people who either file trademark applications on their own or even may have had somebody else file for them is that a trademark, even though it can last indefinitely if you continue to use it, the registration at the trademark office does need to be maintained. So there are certain points along the way after it's been registered for between the fifth and the sixth year after registration, you have to go back to the trademark office and say, yes, I'm still using this mark and here's how I'm using it. And it has to be for all of the same goods or services that you had applied for. So the purpose of this is that the trademark office um, wants to keep you know, clear its own deadwood and clutter out of its register because, you know, there's nothing more frustrating than, you know, seeing, you know, coming up with an idea for a brand and you do a search and then you see that there's this mark already registered for something similar, but then you go searching and searching and searching and you can't find this product anymore. So you know that it's probably not still being used. But, um, you know, you, then you have to go through the whole process of trying to get it removed from the register. So the trademark office sort of helps that along at that, that fifth and sixth year maintenance filing. And then between the ninth and the tenth year, and then every ten years after that, you have to file a renewal. So during the renewal process, they ask you the same questions. Are you still using the mark? Are you still, um, you know, can you please show use of it? And that helps to keep things clean and clear and, you know, make marks available for people that may not have, you know, been available otherwise. So they help you out on that regard. Glad to know there's help out there, especially from a bureaucracy. Let's see how that goes in the next four years. No comment, Bonnie. Thank you very much, Renee. <laughs> you, know, you never know. Is anything safe? Uh, so let's circle back to 
Nina L. Kaufman Esquire. Nina, it's 51 after. That means I now get to give each of you a whole 90 seconds for your crystal ball predictions. So let's let's look at these predictions, ladies, in terms of not just what you predict about what's coming down the pike for this year in terms of business and business law. Let's look at it as how you think people will respond to the types of advice the three of you, types of guidance, I should say, the three of you have given today about clearing out your legal clutter. Do you think people will do it? Do you think it'll become one of those resolutions? Eh, it's February. I don't need to do it. Do you, what kind of activity do you think business people will will be savvier this year? They'll be more aware. They'll read more. They'll take care of business in a business style this year. So, Nina, what do you think? Well, I think it's going to depend on the, the size of the business, Bonnie. Um, we're seeing more and more people enter what they call the, the gigster economy, that it's much more of a freelancer economy. And freelancers tend to be a little looser in terms mm-hmm. of the relationships and the documentation. Um, so they may not be quite as eager to put that stake in the round and say, all right, let's clean up the mess. Um, but for more established companies, I think with uh, all of the, the changes in what they may be seeing in terms of regulations, that can create its own chaos, even if it's becoming less regulated. Um, I think it's going to be very important for them to have their house in order because employee regulations are always going to be there. So um, I, I think, as I say, for, I think for those who are more established, um, they will want to, to clean that up because uh, government is going to be looking at them as a source of revenue in terms of the penalties. Okay, so they're going to get hit with something. All right, thank you very much. And now you can give me, you can also take 30 seconds, anything coming down the pike as far as the legal aspects of being a new business owner, anything new you want to tell people about for 2017? Anything coming up? Well, I, I think in terms of the legal aspects, it really it's technology that is becoming such a disruptor. It makes things a lot easier for many business owners in terms of how they conduct their business but they also need to be very, very careful about the prevalence of hacking and, uh, and the services that they're using. So when they are, for example, uh, work migrating to the cloud or, or working completely on the cloud, you really want to check what kind of security measures those companies have in place. Thank you. Words of wisdom. Really appreciate that. We may be doing a whole series on cybersecurity. I'm waiting to hear from some people at SAP. I think that would be great because that's information everybody needs. Thank you, Nina. Nancy Elshick, Esquire, Attorney, Arbitrator, Mediator, and Conflict Resolution Coach. What do you see in terms of people's interest in reducing their business clutter and or what's coming down the pike in terms of mediation in 2017? Well, I'll start with what's, you know, what's coming down the pike with the way people are going to be dealing with their legal clutter. Um, I think there's going to be a, a kind of a, a, a force. <laughs> I think you're going to have to start looking at these things because having a new, you know, a new administration, having a lot of new laws passed, having a lot of laws that have been, that we've become accustomed to and finally got used to working with, all of this is kind of fair game, it seems, right now. So we're going to have to be paying a lot of attention in our businesses, and I think that's going to force us to take a, a deeper dive into what we've been doing and see what's still working and does it work with, in alignment with what, what's being changed. Now, the other thing, I made this prediction on, on your prediction show, is that that mm-hmm. is also going to force us to talk to each other more. <laughs> I think uh, I think there's a lot of this that, that could oddly become very helpful. 
we and that's part of the reason that I am getting my my ethno religious certification for mediation is some of the conversations that we've been afraid to have are going to keep showing up, and I think that's what we're seeing. So we're going to have ideally some tools to help people have those conversations in a meaningful, powerful way that's not currently occurring. And so much of it for me is just building the skill in listening and 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 communicating what you really want to say without disparaging other people, without damaging them, and really just connecting as human beings. I, I'm hopeful. Despite some of the, the fears and the, of, of all the change, I'm very hopeful because I really believe in what we can do as human beings. Thank you. I like your optimism. I expected nothing less from you. And Renee Alduff Esquire, I saved 60 seconds for you. Renee, talk fast. Um, I do think that, at least from an intellectual property standpoint, I mean, people will continue to innovate and people will continue to create new businesses and completely new sectors of of industries. So, you know, the protections... um, are going to remain pretty much the same. The Trademark Office, you know, occasionally takes stock of its fees. They did just change some of their fees as of uh, January 14th, but, and ironically, some of them actually went down, which is always nice to hear from a governmental agency. Um, but I think, you know, that is is where small businesses or new entrepreneurs are going to try to disrupt um, any type of industry with, Technology. Actually, it was funny. I just saw in the ABA Journal this morning that one of their headlines was "Law Firms of the Future Will Give Clients an Effortless Experience." So, you know, ways to make things work and make them easier for people will will always be, um, you know, a good thing going forward. Thank you, Renee. I'm going to have to cut you off because we are out of time. What a great conversation we've had. Speaking of conversations, Nancy, we had a great conversation here with Nina Kaufman, Esquire, Nancy Elshick, Esquire, and Renee Elduff, Esquire. Ladies, I think we need to plan part six. What do you think, Nina, for maybe June? You want to come back? Hey, you know, Bonnie, I think we would really love to hear from your listeners and the specific issues that they're dealing with. Okay, so you put it out Q&A. there. Put it out there. That would be great. Thank you very much to the three of you. Thank you to Michael, our engineer. And I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers Onward. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Contact us at hashtag SAP Radio or me at bonnie.d.graham at sap.com. Let's see what's on your mind in terms of legal clutter. So once you got your seatbelt on, what are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Two new series debut tomorrow. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.